This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Welcome back to another Mackham in the Middle podcast and another match preview on the channel. Saturday afternoon, saw two goal of the season contenders and Sunderland a 2-2 draw against Crewe. But we now turn our attentions to Swindon Town on Tuesday night. And joining me to have a look at the next fixture is Rich, who is, of course, a Swindon supporter. How are you getting on, mate? You doing well? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. No worries. Appreciate you coming on, mate. Um, obviously, it's been a mixed season. So far for Swindon, you do find yourselves 18th in the league currently. Um, having also played the most games in the league, I believe. I think you've played 31. Um, obviously, you've got two wins recently against Crewe, who we failed to beat yesterday, and Northampton, and then a draw against Lincoln City, who seem to have fallen off a bit recently. But how would you describe your season so far? Well, I wish I could say as positive as mixed. That would be nice. <laughs> um, it's not been a great season for Swindon, um, and it's, it's a long backstory to it, really, that that many behind the scenes probably could see coming, and that simply is that we, we didn't really have the finances to be able to give it the push that we wanted to as fans. We had a great season last year under Richie Wellens, where we won League Two on points per game average, um, and we were in an, as good a mood as a fan base as you could possibly imagine um, compared to previous seasons. And we were really, really looking forward to this League One campaign. And then really from the moment that they picked up the trophy, it became evident that things weren't going to be what we wanted them to be. So the players started leaving. We weren't securing the signings of the loan players, except for uh, Jayasimi, who would later leave again um, to Charlton. And we started the season okay, winning at home and losing away. And slowly but surely, we were, we stopped winning at home as well. Richie yeah. Wellens, our manager at the time, you could tell he was getting a little bit frustrated um, because he wasn't able to strengthen the side with the with the budget he was given he gave it a good go but results weren't going our way and then he left to join Salford City which is not a huge surprise you know it's a bit of dent to morale when your manager resigns to take over a league two team yeah. but he is from that neck of the woods he is former Manchester United he looked up to the owners of that club as, as a young as a young uh, YTS and then professional so it was all understandable and then we got John Sheridan in who has been there done that manager but definitely at the bottom end of his career in terms of management and things didn't pick up at all in fact they got worse uh, we went on an awful run and I think if we had fans in the ground and I think if we were any other team, John Sheridan would have been sacked. But they stuck by him and now things are starting to change a little bit. So we are unbeaten in three games, which is for the first time we can say that this season. In terms yeah. of the crew game, 
We should have absolutely lost that game. Crew played us off the park and then we scored yeah. with an injury time winner. And we didn't play well yesterday against Northampton in the first half, but we picked it up and did what needed to be done. We did play well against Lincoln, but as you say, they are they're having probably their roughest part of the season so far. So, you know, it, everything that happened previously will be forgotten very, very quickly if Swindon continue their good form and we have Sunderland, Accrington, Stanley and Oxford United all coming up who are all playoff automatic contenders. So if we come out of that with a similar amount of points as we've just come out of the last three games, we'll be one, very happy and two, probably not likely to go down. So it's 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 a really important part of the season now. We'll see how yeah. it goes. Must be a crew thing, conceding injury time. Winners and equalisers. Must That's be infuriating, isn't it? Two and three games, two and two games potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we were we were awful against Crew, really, really bad. And can relate and to it, that one. Oh, it, it just. I sometimes. I mean, I will say like there's been a lot of games this season where Swindon have lost, and it could have gone either way, you know. And Swindon's performance haven't necessarily changed since then, but they've just started going our way a little bit more, and we probably. Uh, you could argue that we've deserved some of that change of fortune. I won't call it luck, but we've, we've deserved a little bit of good fortune. As a fan base, we certainly have because we've gone through yeah. it this year. Yeah. And just briefly touching on what you mentioned there about, obviously, last season you won the league, you went up. What was it like as a supporter to get promoted in them circumstances? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a fair one. And uh, the, the easiest answer is it's not the same. It's definitely not the same as as the glory of that 46th game or the 45th when you're at home and you've got a sold-out ground and you, you pick up the trophy. It's nowhere near like that. I've always maintained across the season that I don't necessarily think Swindon would have won the league last year if it went to the full 46, but we certainly deserved it based on the statistics. And I'm not arguing with that crew and Plymouth were both very, very good. um, And they were getting better, but so was Swindon as well. I just don't think, and my argument is I don't think you could definitively say without wearing a big pair of rose tinted glasses that it was nailed on Swindon's trophy, because I don't think that was the case. I've always maintained that I would have preferred Swindon crew and Plymouth to have gone through some sort of playoffs, a mini league like they did with the playoffs at the end of last season and who everyone goes up, but the winner of those playoffs decides on who wins the, wins the trophy. I would have liked a bit of that. We wouldn't have won it. <laughs> Not for a moment. Yeah. We would have won it. We would have bottled it. But um, I think, you know, it, it was a, for for a team that doesn't win many leagues, it was very bittersweet, and we'll take it. We've got it on on our honours list, but it was definitely not the same. Yeah, um, obviously Brett Pittman is your top scorer on six yeah. goals this season. Um, not the best return from your top scorer, but Owen Doyle, of course, left the club last year. Scored goals for fun in League Two, but he has left to join Bolton, I believe it is. How much of a miss do you think he's been this season? Well, yeah, I mean, it goes without saying that he was a huge miss. Whether he would have kicked on in League One, I don't know, because I think he benefited from the players that were around him. Um, the, the, the game plan was get it into the box and Doyle does the rest. And that worked and it was brilliant. And we loved every second of it. Owen Doyle was brilliant in the sense that he was very honest throughout his Swindon career. We were not surprised when he left because the guy is based in the Northwest. He lives in Liverpool and he got an offer from a team like Black, a team like Bolton who are in league two 
on a three-year contract closer to home it's an absolute no-brainer um he did everything that we needed him to do and that was to get him out of the division we miss his goals tremendously brett Pittman is beginning to find goals more regularly now so he has scored in the last few um but brett Pittman's played pretty much how i expected him to he's a very lethargic looking footballer where if we were in the stands we'd be calling him lazy but he gets where he needs to go and we're just about finding our rhythm with Brett Pittman at top. But, you know, he's one of these center forwards that look like they're absolutely knackered after 10 minutes. And it's, it's hard not to see past that, but we need his experience right now. And his goal against Northampton in the, over the weekend, the winner shouldn't have scored it. The goalkeeper should have palmed that out, but it was the only place that that ball could have gone with it going in. And that was not luck. That is because he knows how to where to put the ball. So hopefully we'll get him to 10, 15 goals for the season. God, I hope so, because he's on seven. But um, we would have liked more and we were hoping for more. But if he, again, kicks on now, all is forgiven for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, it's not been as prevalent recently, but for a long time in this league, even the you know going back to old championship days, Sunderland would struggle against sides that like to sit back and catch us on the break. We've often struggled to break teams down. Is this something you'd expect to see from Swindon on Tuesday? Sort of play for the point with as much respect as I can put in the last sentence? Or do you think you will approach the game going all out to win it? Well, it's a really good question and it's interesting because the secret to our success in our victory over Ipswich and the secret to our success against Lincoln um, which was only a draw but it was certainly much better than what we expected was that we were a little bit more attacking so mm-hmm. it, I think our mentality as fans is that it's a bit of a free hit against Sunderland so mm-hmm. I would much rather Swindon just go for it and lose 3-0 than play it safe try and defend and lose 1-0 you know, yeah. um, I would much rather we just give it a go and see what happens. Sunderland are this frustrating side where we all we can't see beyond the size of this club. It's a fantastic, huge club for this level. So we expect to lose. When we looked at the tr- the fixture list at the start of the season, we, we get rid of that result, that game, because we'll lose that. And then you go and do something daft like lose at home to Wigan. So that yeah. plants the seed of hope, doesn't it? So, yeah. you know, Lee Johnson is a manager we know a lot of. We've never beaten a Lee Johnson. So we'll be we'll be doing a lot of uh, firsts when we go up there, I'm sure. But yeah, I I I'd like to think he'd be a, Sheridan will be a bit more attacking. He tends to be. Um, he has done in the last couple, but we'll see. We will be very very keen to protect this run. So that would suggest maybe that we'll go a bit defensive and try and get a point, but just don't know with Sheridan. He does change his tactics quite often. Yeah. And just touching on the, the games that we lost against Wigan and that, um, a lot of the games where you think we're losing League One all happen because of a certain record against us. Mm. So if I, I always go back to the MK Dons game. MK Dons hadn't won away from home in 14 months until they turned up the Stadium of Life. <laughs> beat us. Um, obviously, Burton, prior to the, to the uh, 3-0 win recently, we hadn't beaten them in four years and we played them every season. Fleetwood, we've never beaten in League One up until up until the other week. Is there any obscure stat or fact going around about Swindon that could potentially put you in favour for this game? 
I, I, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, we don't play Sunderland that much, do we, really, historically, only a handful of times. Um, and, I mean, the only one that I knew of was Lee Johnson because I've always dreaded playing his sides because our record against him, except Bristol City, and that's simply because we did play him when uh, when he was at <laughs> Bristol City. But with Oldham and Barnsley, I think the record was something like played seven, drew two of those and lost the rest. Um, so it, I think I think in my mind as a Swindon fan, and it's not always the case, but I always find Swindon quite frustrating against the bigger sides. We We historically except for one great season where we beat Leeds home and away, it, we just seem to give too much respect to the bigger sides and kind of lay down our arms. And I'm not talking about this particular side. I'm just talking about historically here. So to mm. go somewhere like the Stadium of Light, play well, heaven forbid even get a win, would, would be statistically wonderful in its own right. But, I mean, we haven't been there since 1999. And we lost that one as well which is no surprise but i don't have we ever I, I don't we've never won at the stadium of light because we've barely played there so we'll, we'll go with that we've never won at the stadium of light <laughs> yeah it's an interesting one I'll, i don't even I'll, think I'll, we've scored <laughs> i'm refraining from saying that on twitter because every time i say something like that it always comes back to bite us every oh my goodness time. i mean i i think every time i compliment a goalkeeper this season for swindon we we're, we're, we're now through our fifth goalkeeper and at the start of the season, we had a goalkeeper come in from loan from Manchester United called Manny Kovash. I said mm. he was going to be integral and key, and his saves would be <laughs> the reason we get points. He was dire, and he cost us points. Then we brought in Mark Travers from Bournemouth, and I said this is a future player of the season. Uh, then he got recalled by um, Bournemouth. And then, more recently, we've had a player on loan from Bristol City on a seven-day rolling called Jojo Wallacott. And I said, I, you know, it's, he's playing brilliantly and he could even we could go as far as signing him in the in the summer he pulls up during the uh during the warm-up um, <laughs> with a knee injury yesterday which left us with our rookie goalkeeper playing the 90 so you know i'm reluctant to pick out anyone <laughs> especially yeah. goalkeepers right now i think the goalkeeping situation at sunland's not much better i will say that um but looking at Sunderland and the way we play, um, obviously McGeady and Charlie White have both been in great form this season. Jordan Jones, Chris Maguire came off the bench and scored yesterday. Um, I think Maguire and White were the goal scorers in the reverse fixture earlier on this season. You know, we have a lot of attacking options, a lot of wingers, albeit one striker, because I think our other one is still injured. But is there any type of player that Swindon tend to struggle to contain? Yeah, ones that are better than us, which is a lot at the moment. Um, no, we don't. I mean, Charlie Wyke has always given us a bad time. He's not, you know, the most prolific goal scorer, but I think he's three and three against Swindon, largely thanks to a brace he scored um, during a, um, I think it was at Hartley Paul Bradford. I can't remember, but he he does score against Swindon. Swindon's Achilles' heel is Chris Maguire because of his Oxford. Um, past yeah. and not just because he's a good player it's just because you know he's a bit of a shit house. um and Swindon fans I don't think will ever forget him running around the county ground pitch at full time with his <laughs> seven with his seven um you know mocking of the Swindon fans which was very very funny um if if, if I'm honest with you I did I did enjoy watching that <laughs> time even though you know you, you don't want him to make it out of the ground you know without at least somebody yeah. throwing a punch at him it was still <laughs> it was still very funny um 
no, it's look. What on earth is Aidan McGeady doing here? You know, <laughs> what, what, I, I'm a really big fan of people like Grant Led, Ledbetter as well. I've seen plenty of them over the years. And like, I know he's injured, but like Bailey Wrights, you know, you've got Lyndon Gooch. Come on, what, what's going on? What, what on earth are you doing down here? And just the quicker you, teams like you guys disappear from this division, go back up, the more chance it gives the rest. Of us. <laughs> um, I know you're not, you know doing the greatest or not doing as much as it, as well as you would want but oh you, you guys clogging up teams like you and Portsmouth and Ipswich be gone um no we and it, you know we yeah exactly well, yeah for you but um Swindon Swindon will you know if you if you ever need somebody to score who hasn't scored in 10 Swindon can office sometimes just go there you go have have one on us I remember Sunderland fans having a right pop at Charlie White before the Swindon game earlier in the season and then he goes and scores and the sort of the uh the joke was like White has scored this is unbelievable and I was just like well this is just Typical, isn't it? So yeah. He's gone on to do very well this year. Um, no, I, I, the one that we look at is Maguire. Well, I say we, I don't, but, you know, as a collective, the fans sort of want to put one over um, him. Um, but whether we will or not, I don't think. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's relevant, but, yeah, it's Maguire. Could be interesting to see if he starts or not. Obviously, he did keep... I'm not sure if you saw the goal he scored yesterday, but it was definitely one that's worthy of starting a game. Yeah, Johnson knows this sort of this is this is a classic Johnson sort of tactic in my mind. He'll he'll know all about this and he'll he'll start him and he'll score after seven minutes, be it <laughs> a penalty spot or something like that, but it'll happen. <laughs> Obviously, as I've just mentioned, you know, McGeady, White, Jones can all cause trouble for, for any opposition in this league. But is there anyone in particular Sunderland should be looking out for from a Swindon point of view? Hmm. Um in, I, I you know, talk to a lot of away fans over the season and, you know, my, my response generally has been no. Um, and I think maybe I've been a bit unfair that the guy currently that we're resting a lot of hope on is a, is a homegrown player called Scott Twine. Um, yeah. He scored the free kick for yeah, Swindon. Yeah. yeah. And he's, 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 you know, scored a goal against Ipswich, which should have won goal of the month, but because Bristol Rovers' nomination had a Chelsea player, the uh, the poll got sabotaged for what was a very simple free kick in comparison to the other two nominations, I will say, frankly. Scott Twine is a, is a long-distance specialist. He will hit it, and he will sometimes hit it over, you know, way over, but some, when he gets it on target, he's causing all sorts of problems. He went on loan at the start of the season to Newport, and before he went there, what we knew about Scott Twine was that he he could hit the ball from distance. The rest of his game was, you know, average. I'll say with with want with want of finding a better word. Um, mm. But what Flynn, the manager at Newport, did is definitely expand his game. And he made it, he polished it, and he's made it much better. So it's a loan spell that really has benefited Swindon as long as he signs a new deal. And um, and he is the guy that will either rescue a point or get us unlikely wins over the season. Um, he, we have we have decent players. Um, Garrick, the guy we got on loan from Swansea, he's just been put in on the wing. He was been he was playing up front, but he is a preferred winger. We've put him in his favourite position, and guess what? He's now playing well. Um, yep. And that and that goes a long way. And our centre back and captain Dion Conroy, when he's fit, is he's he's too good for us. But 
you know, our benefit is that he's when he gets injured, it's for a long time. And when he comes back, he's great. So those are the three I would say that are our strongest players. Yeah. I'm um, just looking at the team news for Sunderland ahead of the game on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> Wait, Tuesday, no, Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Losing track now. Um, obviously, Ledbetter was taken off on Saturday with a dislocated shoulder. Didn't look very good at all. Um, Johnson wasn't sure on the time he would be out, but, you know, if, if he plays on Tuesday, it's a miracle. Um, he, he could be out for up to two to three months, potentially. Obviously, Luke O'Neill had the same injury. He was out for a long time. Ross Stewart, Tom Flanagan are still in training. Potential for them to be involved at some point. Obviously, Ross Stewart did sign in January. Um, still hasn't even appeared on the bench yet due to injury. Denver Hume does remain injured, which is not good because Callum McFadzine had an absolute stinker yesterday. But um, just looking at the Swindon team, what team do you think they'll go with for the game on Tuesday if you had to predict the starting eleven? I would predict in goal, oh, it depends if he's fit. Um, it'll be Wallacott if he's fit or Archie Matthews in goal. Archie Matthews has only played one professional game at the back. We'll play Jonathan Grounds. We'll play um, Akinoda Mayo and we'll play Dion Conroy and Tom Broadbent at centre-back. And then in the, in the in midfield, we'll have Jack Payne um, and we'll have Dominic Thompson and we will also have Matt Palmer, and then Scott Twain will just play off the forward with Brett Pittman up front. So that's pretty much the squads, the side we played um, over the last three games. Yeah, and I think the one thing I noticed when I looked at the last Swindon team was you had six subs. Is that just down to a sheer amount of injuries that you have at the club? It, it was purely down to the goalkeeper getting um, getting injured during the warm up. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, next thing and the last thing is the inevitable bit of every preview. Your score predictions for the game. Yeah, I'm going to go with 3-1 Sunderland on this one. I, I think Swindon might do something crazy, like take the lead and then try and sit on it, and then it will go wrong. Chris Maguire hat wreck you going with. Oh, well, yeah. Why not? I mean, <laughs> it does just settle as far as I, I'm concerned, but in fairness, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. But no, I, th- I think it'll be 3-1. Swindon might take the lead. Yeah. I mean, I went with a 2-0 against Crew, and it finished 2-2. So I'm going to go less less ambitious. I'm going to say one nil Sunderland, and I, I, I will say Chris Maguire just because of what you've said about him. I think you might you might step up to the plate and get a goal. I'll take one nil loss because it keeps the goal difference down. So yeah, let's let's hope you're right and I'm wrong. I, I would prefer we're both wrong and it's a Swindon win, but you know what I mean. Could be a nil nil for we know. No shots on target. <laughs> I'll take it all day long. <laughs> um, obviously if we do win on Tuesday we can hope that the teams above us continue to drop points obviously Lincoln as I've mentioned a bit earlier they are dropping points a lot and um, Peterborough are in a very good spell of form at the minute will they drop off potentially I know they did in the last few seasons and obviously Hull um, George Honeyman was stretched off in not the last game but the game before that so I'm not sure how long he's out for that could potentially hinder their season so it could be an interesting one what happens on Tuesday night but that is all we have time for today I appreciate you coming on oh that's my pleasure thanks for having me no worries and we will be back again on Wednesday obviously talking about this game on Tuesday but until then we will see you later that's all folks